we are in the uh, end of Mark. We're not finished with Mark, but we're jumping ahead to uh, the resurrection passage that Mark relates for Peter the disciple. So we're in Mark 16, 1 through 8. You'll notice that there are some verses after that, and they're not necessarily uh, historically accurate. So we're just going to go to 8, but I encourage you to read through them and maybe some commentary about what those are about. So Mark 16, 1 through 8, I'll be reading the scripture first. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James... And Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. In my life, I have experienced the risen Savior, Jesus I first met him through the Lord's Prayer in the Catholic Church at a very young age and through my siblings who came to know him. He invited me to follow him when I was at a youth conference when I was 13 and I was unsure about much else in life. But I knew that he was real and I wanted to surrender my heart to him. He showed me in a small gathering of believers when I was 16 that he wanted me to serve him, although what that would be was not clear. On a Sunday morning here when I was in college, he showed me how he wanted me to work in this church. And when I was 27, he made it clear that it was to be in the pastorate. I've experienced his healing as a young child from an illness when Christians laid their hands on me. I have known his comfort in the sadness of losing my parents, saying goodbye to very dear friends, and having two miscarried children. He has shown me forgiveness for my sin against others and sins that only he knows about. He has shown me his mercy daily, for which I am profoundly grateful. He has guided me into truth and helped me to grow in wisdom through his word. He has blessed me above what I could have ever imagined or hoped for or expected with a family and a community of people who love me, who challenge me and affirm my life in him and for whom I can do the same. Why am I a Christian? Because I believe that Jesus is the risen Lord on this day and all other days, that he is my savior and redeemer and friend because he has shown me his love over and over and over again. This is what he does for you 
and for me and for everyone in the world. The words in Mark we read today tell of an experience that three women had on that first Easter. One of the best truths of the resurrection is that Jesus is not someone we simply read about. He is someone we know. He's not a picture on a canvas or in a stained glass. He is the living Lord who shows everyone at some point who he is. How has Jesus made himself real to you? What does that look like? Here we have three women. Mary Magdalene is someone that Jesus healed in a powerful way, and she became a follower, along with other disciples that included both men and women. Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, had great wealth. She used it to help Jesus' ministry and work. Salome, we know, because she was the mother of James and John and asked Jesus if her sons could have special treatment when he became king. All three women were a witness to Jesus' brutal death, and they have come to do the job of anointing his body for burial. Instead, they will meet an angel who tells them surprising news. They worry about how they're going to roll the stone away, and then are freaked out when they see an open tomb and no body to anoint. This is not the morning they thought they would have. On this Easter Sunday, I want us to think about three helpful ideas we see from the experience that these women had and how their experiences help us to know Jesus in our lives. Because that's why we've come today, right? We seek to know who Jesus is and why that matters for us. So, idea number one, just because we can't see him doesn't mean he's not alive. All four Gospels tell the resurrection story told from those who were there. They're not the same. They tell the story in different ways, which we would expect. Not everyone remembers life in the same way. People emphasize different parts of the story that they recall. Mark, as we have said, is writing for Peter. And he doesn't include anything about Jesus himself. There are no words from Jesus here, no appearances, no walking through walls like you might find in other gospels. Just an empty tomb and an angel who tells them that Jesus has been raised. Jesus is not seen here, but look at what he did. He left a messenger to tell those who would come looking for him that everything was fine. He knows that they are going to come and wonder where he is, and he doesn't want them to think that they're abandoned or that something more terrible has happened. Hear what the angel says in verse 4 when he tells them to go to Galilee. He says, there you will see him just as he told you. These words are meant to remind them of what Jesus taught them. As they followed Jesus, he told them a few times, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised again from the dead. They may not have understood that in the moment, but now is the time that they need to remember what was promised. Jesus is not there, but his words are. The pastor John Stott said, Faithfulness has a way of running into surprises. 
Here we see how the women continue to be faithful to Jesus, even when they believe he is dead. Because they wanted to honor him, God provided for them in an unexpected way. But still, they have to trust. They cannot see him, so they must exercise faith that what the angel said is true. Last week, we talked about how Jesus does not come in a great show of power. In none of the stories in the Bible do we see how Jesus escapes from the tomb. Is he just there one second and then gone the next? Does he blaze out with forceful power and light? Does he just fold up his clothes and simply walk out? We don't know. Because God keeps us focused on how Jesus is alive and why that matters. There are times that we seek God. Thinking we know what to do when we show up. Only to find he has different plans for us. There are moments we look for him and wonder where he is. We think that he should be in the expected places, but we can't see him. What do we do then? Why should this matter to us? Because here we see Jesus keeps his promise. We see that he provides someone to guide those who are confused. We see the words he spoke serve as reminders. Just because we can't see him doesn't mean he isn't alive. At the beach today, we couldn't see the sun. But we knew that it was there. Jesus is alive, and that matters for us every day. Idea number two, God's actions leave us speechless. We're used to living in a world where there are beginnings and there are ends. We go to an appointment, the appointment ends. We go to bed at night, we wake up in the morning. Although God has set everything up, he himself is not bound by our limitations. So when we experience the reality of the living God, it can be overwhelming. There are lots of theories, of course, out out there about death. I just read a novel about a quaint town that was started by Swedish immigrants in the early 1800s. And as they built the town, they built shops and they built a church. And of course, one of the things that they needed was a cemetery. As the years passed, when people died, they would be buried up the hill in this beautiful place. But in a strange twist I didn't see coming... Their final resting place became like another town underground. They were the same people that they had been. They could see the people who came to visit them. They could talk about their former lives, enjoy the beautiful world above them, and everyone had a body that worked perfectly again. There was no spiritual component whatsoever, except at some point, they would just disappear. And you wondered where they went until the very end when you found out later that they became part of creation and had reincarnated into a different form. Very disturbing to read during Lent. I was a little discombobulated. I almost put the book down, but I really liked the characters a lot. (laughs) Now, what is your theory about what happens after we die? 
Everyone has an idea about it. Not even Christians completely agree how it's going to happen. But some of our ideas are so small based on only what we can imagine or what sounds good to us from what other people have said. But what are our ideas based on? There were over 500 witnesses to the resurrected Christ. In the ancient world, it is the best attested event we have. Those who experienced it were changed in radical ways and went on to powerfully serve God. Why? Because they met the one who loved them, who called them by name, who cared about them, who died for them and made life after death possible. Just as Jesus was raised, all those who put their faith in him will be raised again. The, woman, the women here wouldn't have, an, have had an idea that this was possible, which would explain their fear. They would have believed in life after death, but the Jewish idea of resurrection was that resurrection came at the end of time, when all those who trusted Yahweh were all swept up at the same time. So to the women, this is still the middle of the story. And Jesus was taken by himself, not with everybody else. So it wouldn't have made sense to them. The women are speechless, which is a typical reaction to God's intervention in our lives. We see this in lots of stories in the Bible, but also we experience this in our own lives. Sometimes when the Lord shows up in a powerful way, or sometimes in a way that we don't really know what's happening And so sometimes we don't know what to say. But what we see here is that God cannot be enclosed. No matter how people have tried to kill him or shut him away, he will not stay put. Jesus breaks out of a place designed for the dead. This is the best news of all. Because it means that we don't have to figure out what's going to happen to us at the end. The stone was rolled away for Jesus, and it will be rolled away for us when our time comes. God will roll away the stone of grief and death and pain because there is more to life than what we see here. We don't keep living life over and over again in a different form. Jesus said he's preparing a new place for us, that he will take us to be where he is. The great author, Victor Hugo, has a beautiful quote about this. When I go to the grave, I can say, as others have said, I have finished my day's work. But I cannot say, I have finished my life. My day's work will begin again the next morning. The tomb is not a blind alley. It is a thoroughfare. What a good picture that is. It closes on the twilight but opens on the dawn. If you struggle with the idea that God can raise from the dead or that death is not the end, take comfort. You are not alone. Even those who knew Jesus best and watched him die had a hard time with it. God works beyond what we can understand and see and know with mere words. But isn't that the kind of God that we want? Don't we want a God who is greater than we are? We can put our faith in the only one we know of who has power over death, or we can put our faith in some idea 
that someone else thinks. It's up to us. So what do you choose? Idea number three, go and tell. The angel told the women that they were in the right place. They might have thought that they weren't. He showed them, this is where Jesus was laid. Now that they see that he is gone, he tells them, now you should go and tell others what you have experienced. From this passage in Mark, it doesn't sound like they did that. It seems like they ran away as fast as they could, never to return again. It's interesting that this is how Mark finishes his gospel. But we know that this is not the end of the story. Death was not the end for Jesus, and running for their life was not the end for these women. How else would we have these words if they didn't tell others? The women came to the tomb because of their love for Christ. They had been part of his community. He welcomed them in. He shared his life with them. He changed their existence. This was revolutionary because they were women. But we wonder how it was for them to say goodbye to him. We know that when someone dies, our love for them does not end. The love that we have is often magnified when those we love are gone. As we realize how much we miss them, how much they meant to us, Sometimes we have regret for how we wasted time. We wish we could have that time back. Their act of anointing was to honor him and the life that he gave them. Now the angel gives them a new way to honor Jesus. Go and tell others what you have seen here. Go and tell Two verbs which propelled Christianity from a small band of Jewish believers to a global movement. Go and tell that Jesus is alive. Go and tell what you have seen here. Go and tell the good news that death no longer has to be the end for anybody. Go and tell how your sins are forgiven. Go and tell how Jesus is the ruler over all, how he's conquered sin and death. Go and have faith, and he will meet you as you go. You see, the women wanted to show the love they had for the Lord by preparing him for burial. But will they love him enough to proclaim the truth that he is alive to everyone they know? There's no greater news than a God who has overcome every difficult, painful, hard thing that we face in this life. Of course, Jesus shows us that death is not the end here, but he also shows us that we matter. He saw us and wanted us to know that we were worth dying for. He was raised from the dead to help us see that there is nothing he can't do for us. And there's nothing he won't do for us. If he's willing to die for the awful, terrible things that we do, if he's willing to give us a way to forgive those who hurt us, what else could he do? The same power that busted him out of that tomb helps us to be free from anything that holds us down here.
in him rising from the dead, we are free. So if we accept that Christ's death and resurrection are true, it's the best news that we have. Because we live in a world where everyone dies. We live in a world of sadness and desolation, of violence, of deceit. And so we want to be the people who go and who say, there is new life. There is a different way. The women here had to figure out what it meant that Jesus rose again. They had to figure out if they really are going to believe that Jesus was God or if he was just another good teacher who died. They chose to accept his claim and share their experience. So the story continues with us as we go and tell what Jesus is doing. I started today by telling you how I've experienced Jesus in my life. And why I stand before you. The only reason I'm here is because the resurrection is true. Christianity is not just a belief system. It is knowing the God who left heaven to come and to live for us and die for us. The three most important words in this life are, he is risen. You know the story. But how is it that you know Jesus is the Lord over all? How is it that he has intervened in your life? How has he invited you into his story? Easter is the best day to say that you want to know him more. Easter is the best day to say that we want to trust him more and to tell others why you know him. Let's take a few moments in silence before him. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.